0: Tweet at SFM radio and at KG Mwekezi.
1: If you have a company related dispute, the Companies Tribunal is the solution. The Tribunal has speedily and freely resolved hundreds of company disputes through adjudication, mediation, and arbitration. Visit Companies or call 012 394 1000 for more information. The Companies Tribunal is an agency of the DTI.
0: You are listening to KG Muekezi on SFM.
1: So, welcome to the second hour of our show. How have these unrests in parts of Houting and Wazul Natal affected the agricultural industry? That's what uh, we are talking about as we get into the second hour of the show. agri of course, is appealing to the presidency to declare a national state of emergency to bring an end to the wave of criminality that has taken root in our country. Christo van der Rieder is the executive director of agri and joins me on the line Christo, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. What impact uh, have you assessed in terms of uh, uh, these unrests and the impact that they have had on your sector?
2: The situation in KZN is dire. Mm. Uh, Because of the shops that were looted, because of the logistics infrastructure that has completely come to a standstill. Uh, food cannot be moved from point A to point B. Uh, And if you move food to a shop, uh, the shop that was there yesterday is there no more. So uh, uh, people do not have uh, uh, places where they can access food in some areas, and that for us is a major concern. In addition to that, uh, the main main uh, artery for the economy in three uh, has has, has completely been closed down in both directions. Uh, and uh, how will we now export things to the rest of the world and how we'll we be able to import things into South Africa. So for us, uh, the situation is very, very critical. Uh, we have learned about uh, farms also being targeted now, uh, and, and that, that is a very, very big concern for us because if you don't have a farm, there's the food production. If there's uh, no a logistical network, you can't get that food to a shop. And if there's no shop, how are people going to access food? And we're not only talking about your consumers. We talk about uh, your school feeding schemes, your old age homes, uh, the poorest of the poor, the most vulnerable, uh, who are supported by NGOs and by the soup kitchens of churches. Uh, they all going to face uh, hunger and even starvation mm. if we do not solve this issue soon.
1: How will this impact the price of food? Because I'm assuming at this stage you're probably not able to quantify the financial impact uh, because it's many parts uh, that have been affected. But how will then this impact the price of food?
2: Okay, let me explain. Um, The price of food, it determines on the entire value chain.
1: Yes, that's why I'm saying there's many parts that have been affected.
2: Yeah, uh, you, you've got uh, imports of fertilizer, you've got imports of other substances that are critical for the agriculture sector, and that's been warehoused in certain areas. Mm. Now, we've learned about the fact that those warehouses were just, uh, uh, you know, burned down. Uh, so there you've already got a problem. Mm. Uh, then the second issue is your farmer that uh, require those inputs to produce food. They cannot access those inputs. In um, years um, um, now, uh, if that uh, food cannot be uh, that has been produced cannot be transported to an agro-processing company and uh, it's packaged there, um, then you've got another problem. Uh, and obviously, it must then be stocked uh, at shops. And if the shop is now there, then your entire value chain has has collapsed. Um, Yes, certainly you can bring in food from other parts of the country. And Mm -hmm. that's why we've called for a national state of emergency so that you at least uh, do not have a situation where there's a spillover of this violence into other provinces. Mm -hmm. Because just Mm -hmm. imagine the massive crisis that we're going to face if the entire uh, network of roads throughout South Africa is under siege. Uh, And yes, it will ultimately lead to price increases. Yes, you can import food as well from the rest of the world. But if the harbour is not in operation, how are you going to get that food into South Africa? So this is a complicated problem, and we need to have a solution to this as soon as possible.
1: So as far as you're concerned, as uh, Agri-SA, the most fundamental solution is definitely a state of emergency.
2: That's what we have called for. Um, uh, And yes, the president has said the other night that it's not perhaps necessary at the stage because they uh, do have the uh, disaster regulations at hand. But uh, uh, people don't even care about the disaster regulations. They just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But also, we need to remember you can have a state of emergency, but if you do not de- de- deploy the resources uh, like uh, soldiers, like other security personnel, mm.
3: uh,
2: and you don't have a plan to curb the violence because this is what this is about Mm. we need to stop the looting we need to open up the logistics network and we need to just uh, restore law and order Mm. that's the basic thing the basic outcome that you want to Achieve via a state of emergency, and I know it's very really draconian, and perhaps it's uh, a bit alarmist. Mm. But uh, you know, we we've seen uh, the impact of this on KZN.
1: You speak about the impact on the road networks. I read an article on the weekend about just one sector, citrus, uh, because uh, I suppose citrus is in peak season in South Africa because it's it's winter. I read an article that talked of a uh, you know trucks being uh, looted and burnt on the N3. the the ones that happened uh, on uh, the weekend and they talked about the impact being over millions of rands up to now and it meaning that uh, we might not even really have uh, access to citrus for quite a bit is that your assessment as well uh,
2: look the uh, the the citrus that we uh, exp- or that we currently harvesting is mm. mostly for export purposes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So your biggest challenge there is you might lose market share, uh, or people would just go to other countries and purchase from them. Uh, remember, citrus has been doing quite well due to the demand for for vitamin C uh, in, in in the citrus products, for example. Mm. Uh, people see it as a preventative measure of uh, especially for flu and so forth um uh, the problem is not that we, uh, that, um, we haven't produced anything. The, uh, the, the produce is there. The big challenge is how to get that produce safely to a place where it can be sold or a place where it can be utilized.
1: Mm. And
2: uh, that's the big challenge that we have in the country
1: yeah. at this point in time. So, I mean, should we be worried? Is there a specific sector? I mean, people talk of various things, for example, that we should worry about. One of the things uh, that they have been talking about is that we should worry a bread, about bread. sorry, We should worry specifically about milk. We should worry about sugar because uh, some uh, sugar cane uh, plantations apparently have been burnt in uh, Wazulu-Natal. Is there a specific brand or uh, type of food we should be worried about about as citizens right now? Because there's a lot of information that's being banded about.
2: No, I I don't think the problem, as I've said earlier, is on the supply side. Mm. The problem is with the logistical network and the fact fact that factories uh, were forced to either close down Uh, or the fact that many factories do not have any laborers because Mm -hmm. your entire taxi industry and your other means of transport uh, to get those uh, uh, people to uh, uh, a bakery or to a factory, uh, they cannot go there. So uh, that's why uh, we said um, we need to restore uh, law and order. We have to make sure that uh, the logistic network uh, is fully functional And uh, we must uh, make sure that our bakeries and uh, our dairies uh, and our sugar molds, that those places are become into full operation because Mm. without them uh, that are critical in the supply value chain, or in the agricultural value then, uh, in terms of processing the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have a serious problem.
1: We have some callers, if uh, you don't mind, Kristo. I'm sure some of them would like to ask you some questions. Let's start yeah, with uh, Nati in Bumalang. Ngosinati, welcome. Afternoon, how are you? Uh, afternoon, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Mm, what's on your mind?
4: Yeah, actually, it's not a question, probably it's a comment or a proposal that. In terms of agriculture, I think it's one of the fundamental things that we will rely upon during this time and and and, and if i if I had it my way, I would have requested the the, the the government to deploy the military to guard to safeguard against those products that we get from agriculture because I'm just checking if everything has been looted from the shops and the malls, people will go to the nearest farm. They will still those means. They will still not the latest thing that we need uh, to, to to support the, the community or the public. If I had it my way, there will, should be more security deployed there to ensure that we safeguard what is left. And I think agricultural uh, 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 sector is one that is very fundamental and key in 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 ensuring whenever there's a restoration, it will play a very
5: major role.
1: Mm, okay, it. okay, thank you. And we also have some voice notes. Let's hear what they have to say.
5: Hi KG, I wanted to just ask or add a comment to this discussion about um, agriculture and food security and these riots. I'm a scientist that looks at and works on um, subsistence farming, subsistence agriculture and fisheries and um, I wanted to add that there's a lot of rhetoric in the country presently about how hungry and poor everybody is. yet. If you compare South Africa to the rest of Africa, a lot of Africa, there's very little subsistence agriculture being undertaken in South Africa. In fact, there was a lot more subsistence agriculture that had been undertaken in South Africa pre-19... pre I'd say the late 1990s. And this is partly because there are some basic income or subsidies, social benefits from government um, providing these social grants to communities so they don't rely as heavily on their own production of food as they used to the government has actually provided that if you compare that to other countries in africa suggests that those countries are relatively more poor than south africa is and those communities are very are, are very dependent on the environment and the production of food directly from the environment Um, Mozambique and the linkages between South Africa and Mozambique is a good example where there's a, a stark contrast between what's happening in South Africa and Mozambique they're very dependent on the environment and the production of food themselves for their livelihoods but we don't have that in South Africa so I don't think that that holds water that argument that we're so poor that we have no food because it's very different to what other countries have experienced thank you bye
1: Thank you uh, for your voice notes and thank you uh, for your calls. You can keep them coming. Do you want to comment on uh, any of uh, the uh, uh, comments, I mean, uh, voice notes and callers that we just heard, Christo? Uh,
2: I fully agree with uh, the first gentleman who spoke about the need for greater protection of farms.
1: Mm.
3: Uh,
2: and I think, uh, yeah, we have to work hand in hand with communities um, because uh, many of the communities are dependent on, on farms and farm workers. Um, that That <clears throat> is critical going forward. Because if you lose the production capacity of a farm, if you lose the farmer and farm workers, mm. uh, who will then be in a position to produce food? Um, farming is, and especially in South Africa, is a high-risk business, It's a capital-intensive business. It's a labor-intensive business in many uh, sectors, for example, the fruit and so forth. And you you need to have scientific knowledge You need to know what to do. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of uh, subsistence farmers, remember, in many areas, we have literally thousands of uh, subsistence farmers in uh, KZN, particularly also in uh, the Eastern Cape. And the government has provided assistance Uh, to many subsistence farmers. I know last year during the lockdown uh, the um, Department of Agriculture made a billion or so available and they provide all kinds of other assistance. Mm. but you need both. You need uh, their ability to produce food for your household but remember there's massive migration to cities and that's why you need your commercial farmers because a city dweller (laughs) will not uh, produce their own food. You need commercial farming To produce food, Uh, and uh, you can only get cheap food and quality food to the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, to uh, to to the citizens out there, uh, if you can do it on uh, on a big scale.
1: Yeah. I mean, do we have enough food, though, uh, to for all of us, uh, whether we're in cities or rural areas, to survive for the next couple of weeks? Because a lot of people are saying uh, the impact of these uh, lootings, riots, whatever you want to call them, will truly be felt in another week, in another two weeks or so, where food is concerned.
2: Remember, KZN is a major producer of poultry. Mm. a major producer of meat, a major producer of uh, vegetables, uh, also sugarcane and other products. Mm -hmm. Um, And if those products will not be or will not come uh, into the value chain, then we're going to have a problem.
1: And and poultry is a lot of chicken. South Africans consume a lot of chicken. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
2: And remember the poultry... uh, we, we, uh, you can, you can. Um, the, the production is going on in other provinces. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. But um, if those products cannot go into KZN then you're going to have a serious problem
1: for right? that so, specific so, area.
2: So for that specific area yeah. and other areas uh, where. Um, people, um, uh, you know, has ransacked uh, the, the, the infrastructure, yeah. and especially shops. Yeah. So that's, that's the crisis that we have.
1: In terms of the exporting part, because I'm told, uh, you know, we're big exporters of agriculture as uh, South Africa. How has that been affected? Because I'm assuming the value chain has been impacted on, uh, particularly as a result of what has happened on the N3
2: exports are critical for any country and uh, that's how you earn foreign exchange because you need new capital to come from uh, somewhere else flowing into your country uh, we have also uh, we also know that uh, in areas where products are generated for export purposes uh, that uh, that's where big uh, job creation takes place you just take the Ceres area here in the western cape you take other areas uh, in uh, limpopo and so forth uh, and in Mpumalanga, um, those are the big job creators. Mm. Uh, so exports are of critical importance, but at the same time, it is through exports that you also create a, a big surplus for local markets, and that's why our local markets have been benefiting from uh, cheap food. Uh, um, uh, yet, yes, certain commodities uh, have, have we've seen an increase. We've seen a bit of inflation, food inflation. Um, last month. Uh, That uh, is as a result of disruptions in the uh, supply chain and uh, locally as well as internationally. Uh, But we have been very fortunate in South Africa that uh, we haven't seen any starvation. Uh, Yes, there is hunger in certain areas. There's issues of malnutrition.
3: Mm. But
2: that's where government needs to work hand in hand with the private sector to deal with those specific issues. Uh, But if we lose uh, the capacity that we have to produce food commercially for the local and international market, then uh, we're going to have serious problems. Yes, we export to Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. We export to Mozambique. Uh, We export to the rest of the continent. Uh, uh, Those countries uh, with all the uh, land that they have and with all the and the water that they have, uh, we've seen that um, 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 subsistence farming has has not really contributed towards uh, ensuring uh, food security in those countries. That's why they have, to a large extent, become reliable on South Africa for food.
1: Yeah, we've got another caller. Uh, Christo, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> Christo, you're coughing. You know, coughing is not a, a thing we do anymore. <laughs>
5: uh
1: we're I- I thought I'd switch off. No, it's (laughs) fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I'm I'm making a joke because it is true, though. We're scared to cough because of uh, COVID. Uh, We're in conversation with Christo Fanderriera, who is executive director at AgriSA, and we're trying uh, to understand the impact of the unrests in Gauteng and Wazul Natal and the impact it will have on the agricultural industry. Tato in Grahamstown wants to join the conversation. Tato, good afternoon. Welcome. Good,
4: thanks. It's nice to hear farmer on the radio. I'm happy to hear to engage him, but I think most importantly, I don't hear Christophe talking about issues of transformation within his sector, which has not happened. When they talk about communities, they talk about people that serve them. They don't talk about, I think we are sick and tired of going to farms and meeting white men, old white men in brown socks as farmers who speak Afrikaans. I think I want to go to a farm and talk to a foster man, and very little of that is happening. And that problem is symptomatic of what we've seen happening. The Zuma issue just triggered issues of structural inequality, of a skewed economy, a one-sided economy, and agriculture largely speaks to that, to those problems.
1: Okay, let's. uh, Do you want to respond to that, Christo?
2: Well, uh, let's look at the facts. Uh, Government has acquired five thousand five hundred farms. President has mentioned those farms. Those farms were distributed to either communities or individuals. Uh, We also know that there's approximately 1,500 CPAs, communal property associations, that have acquired land, Uh, and then we also have um, uh, many, many uh, initiatives being undertaken by the commercial sector to uh, transform uh, the sector. Our big challenge is money. Uh, Land Bank is in serious trouble, and you know that you can give people all the land that they want, but if you don't provide access to cheap funding grant funding that's how they've established the white commercial farming sector pre-1994 uh, my big challenge is that we need to have a consolidated approach to assist uh, uh, with the transformation processes and yes there are many black farmers that are highly successful and highly skilled but our big problem is they do not get the necessary support from government because uh, the focus is so much on the political outcome as opposed to the economic outcome and those two outcomes must always be balanced as you uh, transform the sector where are the Necessary interventions and support systems to make sure that those people uh, Become successful farmers okay. uh, and and yes transformation is high on the agenda But uh, instead of blaming each other, we need to work together as a collective and make sure that the state delivers and us as from the commercial sector delivers also in that regard.
1: Okay. Anonymous in the Eastern Cape, I think everybody must remember the context of our discussion for me has been about the impact uh, on the uh, food, particularly food security. In the Eastern Cape, we have Anonymous. Hello, Anonymous. Hi, how are you? Well, uh, quickly, we have 30 seconds.
4: Okay, uh, KG, uh, obviously the impact is going to be very huge. But I think we must go back to the drawing board and sort out the issues about land, the issue of food security and food for everyone in the country. Because we wouldn't be here when, if we had uh, sorted those issues to that fact that everyone in South Africa should matter. Not certain people in the country, but everyone. So that the lives of everyone is improved.
3: Thank okay. You.
1: Okay, thank you, Anonymous. We'll get uh, uh, Christo to respond uh, after the news headlines. And I know we also have uh, one voice note that we have to play. But for now, we have to pause for uh, a little bit because it's time for the news headlines on SAFM with Ann Musa.
0: Life happens weekdays, 1 to 3 p.m. Shalom. This is Wisdom from Android Yes, um, I've started a small farm, I'm already uh, being affected, not only me, now even the people that come and work uh, with me, and uh, yes, this is very bad. But my solution into this, at the meantime, in this crisis that is beyond humanity, we know we're living in the last days, one thing that has to change is policies. I'm not talking about it but it changed but the policies of this government is oppressing people number two is to change the education system education system it doesn't speak into people you know it has to speak into people in this way people they need to discover who they are they need to discover their potential and start to work themselves number two in education we need to enforce the moral conduct um, as education go hand in hand with home. Thank you. Bye.
1: Okay, and uh, we also have a caller in Rustenburg. Hello, Donald. Donald. Hello. Yes, you're live. Uh, what's on your mind?
6: Uh, KG, this whole, this ongoing looting is going to have a, a, a huge impact mm-hmm. to the entire region, not only in South Africa. But let me start with South Africa, because right now there's no transportation of maybe fertilizers from the factory to the farm, a farmer cannot transport fertilizer now. It's going to have a, it's not going to, to have a bumbaseth because of that. They cannot transport maybe chicken farm. Maybe they cannot transport their chickens to the abattoirs or the their cattle abattoirs now because of the the roads are blocked. All those factors, they're going to to make this agricultural sector to collapse.
3: Hmm. Okay.
6: Is yeah, it so, uh, in the region and those M3s it if it is blocked, it means there's no even trade in the entire region. Countries like Malawi, Zambia, Zimbabwe they depend on that. Uh, yeah.
1: I don't think it is still blocked. Uh I think it was blocked uh on the weekend, but I hear your point. Thank you, Donald. Thank you, Keiji. Yeah. What do you make of for all of the comments that have come through, Crystal?
2: Keiji, we have heard the National Development Plan, Chapter 6, that uh, outlined a plan uh, to build an inclusive and growing agriculture sector.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Big question is what has happened to that plan? We were part of the Pakisa process where we have <clears throat> uh, came up with brilliant ideas in terms of how to transform the sector, how to speed up land reform, how to ensure funding and so forth. What has happened to that plan? Uh, We are now busy with an agricultural agro-processing master plan. I've said to government that we cannot continue just devising plans. We are brilliant Mm. at writing plans and we get the best experts in to write the plans. The same with our constitution, a brilliant constitution. But to what extent do we live up to the ideals and values uh, within the Constitution? But more so, uh, why don't we implement the plans? Our problem is not that we lack plans, that we lack um, the the ideas. Our problem is we lack the vision, we lack the accountability, we lack an absolute, uh, there's there's an absolute uh, um, uh, lack of empathy for the poorest of the poor in this country. And yes, the gentleman is right. That has come to bite us because we um, uh, do not uh, implement uh, the, the plans or the ideals and the vision that we've envisaged through those plans. And now we sit with this massive, massive gap between the poorest of the poor. And a bigger problem is, is that we do not understand how to bring about an, an economic outcome. Uh, Yes, I always say it's easy to play politics and to stand on a stage and make political pronouncements. It's a very difficult thing to translate that political pronouncement into an economic outcome. And that's where the work lies and sits. And I think uh, all of us, government included political leaders, must stop playing politics and we must stop blaming this one and the other one. We must take co-responsibility for uh, the situation that we have currently in the country and we must come together as a nation to, uh, like we've came together uh, uh, pre-1994 with the first codessa, the political Codessa perhaps we must think of an economic Codessa, come together and say what will work well, what will not work and do not um, um, uh, 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 mess up these things with a particular political standpoint because that as not taken us forward. In fact, uh, it is at the heart of the problems that we're currently experiencing. Let us think economically and how to build the nation economically so that at the end of the day, we close the gap between rich and poor. We have a transformed agriculture sector, transformed uh, society. Uh, And the gentleman was right. Uh, A society that is much more caring um, and a society that thinks about Creating a legacy for the next generation and the ne- next generation.
1: Our last caller on this is Ndos Mandla in Deep Clue, Finsohueto. Hi, Ndoz Mandla, welcome.
2: Hi,
7: hi, hi, KJM, how are you?
1: Mm, I'm fine, thanks.
7: Good, um, I just have a very small comment. Mm. Um, You know, in this, this, uh, this camel that just happened, just walking that, just, it's we the root of the just. just now, this is what we are supposed to do. We've just been woken up, right? Uh, the thing is that we need to put our differences aside. Uh, we know we've got our own differences, white and black, right? And uh, transformation is just plain talk, but no action, including the government itself. So what we need to do is that from our white counterparts, which are white brothers and sisters, right? we need to have, we need to have, we need to have this thing of saying, you know what, guys, let's put differences aside. This is our South Africa. It belongs to all of us, right? Now let us, let us build it. Not one use others to build, um, the okay. South Africa they want to have on their own, but let us build it together on our own together. Then I think everything will
3: go smoothly.
1: Okay. Okay, Doss Uh Thank you. Uh, uh, so, I mean, uh, as we round off, uh, Christo, uh, if, in the absence of you not getting uh, the state of emergency that, uh, you know, you are hoping uh, government declares, w- what is the worst and the best case scenario?
2: I think um, in the absence of a, a state of emergency, all that we ask is that uh, the police do what they're supposed to do that we get uh, the army to assist them uh, just to maintain law and order, to protect key industries, uh, to make sure that people uh, do not transgress the law in any way. I think that's what, what people want and uh, it, it goes for all of our people because we cannot uh, have a situation where criminals uh, uh, are just running shot uh, over everyone. Because um, there's um, uh, uh, we, we, we've seen uh, criminality uh, at a scale uh, never seen before, uh, and then obviously uh, if that's not going to happen, unfortunately we're going to have a situation where people's going to stand up against each other. We've seen in Soweto where uh, Sowetans have come together to protect their own malls, uh, and you don't want a, a sort of low-scale civil war situation where uh, people uh, uh, start, you know, uh, uh, protecting their own assets. And uh, by doing so, they start to uh, attack each other. We don't want that situation because this is not what South Africa is all about. I agree with the previous speaker. Um, We need uh, a firm action from the state uh, uh, so that uh, law and order... But then, uh, that's that's the short-term outcome. The long-term outcome is for us to sit and say, right, How do we plan an economy? How do we plan an educational system that delivers the best quality education? How do we plan or how do we bring about service delivery, top quality services from municipalities? And you cannot just blame the past. We need to uh, take blame as a current uh, democratic or generation that is part of the democratic dispensation for the current situation. Yeah. Because municipalities, the lack of service delivery there is of great concern, especially those communities who uh, suffer as a result of that.
1: And at a certain point, also uh, find ways to let go of inequalities, because that's, that's how it. that's how we got here. Uh, thank you, Christo. Christo Fanderriere is uh, Executive Director of uh, Agri-SA. We're going to talk about the impact on the ground, on the environment, because the one thing that is that is that happens in South Africa when people want to make their voices heard whether that be uh, a service delivery protest whether that be that be looting even when people go on strike in the city center of Johannesburg for example they will leave